Yeah, so Gunner. Uh, sorry, who is this? This is Dave X. Dave Dave X. Dave X. Oh, I we did that uh we did that podcast together. Yeah, yeah, a long, long time ago. Yeah. 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 What was it? Is it the Dave and Gunner show, right? Yeah, or the Dave or Gunner show. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been lately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what we got some anonymous feedback from uh, Josh Bressers, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Always like feedback. Feedback is a gift. It's true. It's true. Um, and and actually, you're recording without uh, without headphones on your on your laptop right now, so we might in fact get the gift of feedback a little bit later. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So how are you doing? Uh, I'm good. I'm tired. I'm. Uh, you know, Summit is a very big deal at Red Hat, and uh, so usually what happens is about the month leading up into Summit, Dave, you know this, is that uh, every non-Summit-related project goes on hold, right? And everybody says, oh, let's get to that after Summit. We'll do that after Summit, everybody says. Um, almost nobody accounts for exactly how frequently they've done that, so now that we came out on the other side of Summit... Um, I am completely, I would like to say that there's a summit hangover, but it's a little bit like having done a, another summit bender uh, over oh. the last couple of weeks, just completely underwater uh, on all the, um, on the backlog that, that we've been accumulating through, uh, uh, through March and June. I don't know if the, you, did you have the same experience? It, it just went, well, no, I, I sort of just went from one thing to the next. So it's like, I went from like one conveyor belt going 5 million miles an hour to another one going 5 million miles an hour in a different direction. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but you're, now you're in a hotel room right now, right? Yes, yes. I'm I'm here in D.C. Um, and we uh, it was funny. I was uh, here in D.C. We got uh, I got invited to uh, sit on uh, a radio program, uh, and we we recorded it at uh, Fed News Radio, uh, John Gilroy's uh, Federal Tech Talk. And so um, it was a forty minute uh, episode, uh, forty minute recording. Probably he'll cut it down to. 30 minutes, but, uh, it's pretty interesting. He does a lot of like background research and looks up, you know, it's not just like, Oh, let's talk about red hat or open source the whole time. He was like, Oh, so you do a podcast and tell me all about the podcast and everything. So we've, we've actually <laughs> talked a lot about the podcast. So it was a lot of fun. Oh, that's great. So, so what did you, what did you say? Um, well, he knew you. Um, I don't know if you know John or mm-hmm. remember John yeah. Gilroy. Yeah. yeah, sure. He says hi. Okay. Um, and he's like, <laughs> yeah, I know that guy. And, and, uh, you know, and I, I talked about, you know, the origin of, of how this came about of just you and I talking every week to stay in sync with the tech news. And you were like, oh, we should, we should record it and make it a, a podcast. And, uh, and, and here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, and now, and now the, now the history of the DG show has been uh, captured for all time. That's great. Yeah. Well, I think we're at the point where we should get a Wikipedia page. I think I think we're well past the point where we should get a Wikipedia page. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we can point to Fed News Radio, and mm-hmm. as the we need to get Matt Mycini back in on this. To the, we need to dust off uh, Helixson's law and uh, <laughs> get that get that moving again. That's right. That's right. Cool. Uh, well, let's get started, Dave. What what's, uh, what do we have in store for everyone? Speaking of stores, uh, before we talk about that, uh, did you, you? We saw uh, Major has a new T-shirt. Oh yes, indeed. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, <laughs> Major Hayden, uh, maybe SE Linux enthusiast number two behind Dan Walsh, um, he's uh, he's the, he's behind the Set and Force Zero T-shirt, uh, which I think we've mentioned on the show in the past. He has a new version of the T-shirt, uh, which reads, uh, "Make SE Linux enforceable again." Um, and uh, it comes in a number of it comes in, it comes in a number of colors. Uh, I prefer the red color uh, so that you can do a little callback to uh, to Donald Trump's uh, baseball cap. 
But uh, uh, anyway, I saw, saw this T-shirt. I laughed out loud. I showed it to Dave. He laughed out loud. Uh, and we'll, we'll put a link in the show notes. Everyone should go and buy uh, buy one of these T-shirts uh, and watch as you walk down the street. All the Linux nerds smile wryly. Yeah. Yeah, or or you get into an argument with somebody who doesn't get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even better, even better. Yeah, like I'm like with the uh, Republican convention next week. I'll I'll probably I'll, I should get that and wear wear it up in uh, Cleveland. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Make friends and enemies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyhow, uh, let's see. We got a lot on tap this week. We got uh, we're gonna talk a lot about authentication we're going to talk a lot about password management and uh we also have some robot lawyers uh to talk about yeah, that's great and uh david folks if folks want a link uh to uh to go buy the t-shirt uh, that major put together uh what what website should they go to yeah they want to go to dgshow.org it says d's and dave g's and gunner show.org right and uh and also available of course on your local itunes as well as on uh on google music yeah 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 yeah. So what's what's on the uh, cutting room floor? So it's all about uh, you know if if uh, if the meat of the show is going to be about authentication and trusting and password management, the t- the cutting room floor is going to be all about fakeness and okay. inauthentic things. So fake fingerprints, fake mice, fake maps, fake backgrounds, and fake parents. Great. Okay. All right. So yeah. Kyle had some news for us, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, he was he was uh, tweeting at us a couple days ago, right? <clears throat> and uh, he started listening to the show and was uh, um, uh, saying that he had well, looks like he has a lot of catching up to do. He started listening and everything, so uh, so he's enjoying that. But I I saw something he tweeted and he talked about uh, you know how we're always uh, uh, talking about uh, you know it, ro- robotifying uh, insects. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and augmenting them. So mm-hmm. uh, he found a thing on uh, Cyborg Locus uh, to help with uh, national security. <laughs> so what, what, uh, don't locusts only come every 17 years or something? In Ohio, it's that's totally true. Like before I moved to Ohio, it was like they it, it was like they were there and then they went to hibernate and then I moved to Ohio and then like this year they they're like all over the place and it's like crazy. It's like driving through a snowstorm, but it's all like locusts. Yeah, so yeah. Gross. so try that on a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so they're they're big and everything, um, and I think that's one of the reasons why uh, these researchers at uh, Washington University in St. Louis are are liking them because they're like big and sturdy and they could they could augment all kind of things to them, um, but they're. Uh, tweaking them with uh, some electronics to be able to detect the scent of explosives and and let uh, authorities know uh, because um, uh, the locust can detect smells through their antenna and then they're going to implant electrodes uh, into the locust uh, brains to read electrical activity passing through their antenna and then transmit that electrical activity uh, through a little backpack they wear uh, and it'll be a, a transmitter. So that's really clever, and and you're right. Locusts are a good sized insect. They're going to be very very sturdy. Uh, again, I'm going to go back to this 17 year thing. Uh, is this the kind of thing? This seems like it would work really great every 17 years, right? Um, but a, uh, uh, an explosive detecting locust seem that's hibernating seems a lot less useful to me. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how. Well, I guess if you're in their brain, you might be able to reprogram them or whatever to maybe uh, overclock them and. Uh... <laughs> And then it, they think it's uh, they're out every uh, all the time. I don't know how that would work. Huh. All right. 
All right. Well, m- maybe we've got uh, uh, maybe we've got some insect specialists uh, who can uh, who can help us out on this. Um, well, Kyle, we'll 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 task Kyle to investigate and report back. Good. Yes, Kyle, that's your that's your homework. Okay. Great. Teach you to tweet about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's that's good stuff. And um, oh, this is the other thing I saw. So uh, you know how you talk about taking over uh, brains and and uh, uh, and then guiding, uh, taking over somebody's body, and, or whether it's an insect or whatever. Um, there, in fairness, saw, actually, Dave. In fairness, I think it's you that talks about that mostly. But but go ahead. <laughs> no, I talk all the time about having like a being having a building fall on me and then have cockroaches dumped on. Me. I I don't want that. That's what I don't want. Uh, robot or otherwise. Just, just I don't don't do that. Uh, stop doing that. Um, yeah. So there. I don't know if you saw this. That there was a guy that uh, he came up with this helmet that you put on and. Um, you could actually remote control a person. Ooh. Yeah. And so what it does is it, it sends out, uh, I guess, an electrical signal that will stimulate your sense of balance. And it'll make you, like, you know how, like, um, you're walking along and then, it like, the floor tilts or something, or you lose your balance and then it feels like the floor is tilting? Mm-hmm. Um, that's what this does, is it, it'll, it'll send an electrical impulse uh, to your brain to make it feel like, like you're going uphill or like on the side of a hill and go down. And so um, so what you want to do is when you're wearing the helmet, you just want to go where the um, – go where you you're feel like you're being uh, leaned to. And so uh, so th- so this guy basically has this like a, like a remote control uh, radio like, a, uh, like you would have for a, a little car. And then somebody would wear the helmet, and then they would blind person or blindfold the person uh, wearing the helmet, and then put them on like Venice Beach and have them walk around. And and so you had this guy with a blindfold, and this big helmet on with his antenna and everything, and then this other guy like ten feet behind him, like having him go forward, left, right, and everything. And uh, and it's funny because it's like this. The, he kind of looks like he's drunk because he's like just like coasting all around Mm -hmm. but it's amazing how accurate it is in terms of just like going around people and stuff like that it's amazing (laughs) it's a little bit like uh was it marco polo or uh or what does that get you know uh warmer warmer cooler cooler right yeah it's just like that right um it's just just instead of using words we're directly sticking it in your brain which is which is not weird it's not no no it's yep yep is it, are there any proposed uh, practical applications of this? Um, not, I th- not, that just, doing, not that they're need to be. No, I, I think the guy did it just because he could. Um, uh, so it's uh, galvanic vestibular stimulation is, is what it is. Um, but I could imagine from like if uh, – you know, remember when we talked a long time ago about that spoon for people that have um, uh, Parkinson's disease to balance it out? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If yep. people have like like balance control issues, maybe that could be like a way to do like uh, like a noise canceling sort of thing to to help people with balance. Oh maybe. sure, yeah. Why not? Okay, yeah. yeah, I'd be all for it. Yeah, we're just to remote control people around and just for uh, for like kids' birthday parties and stuff like that. That's right. That's a reward all by itself. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, I shouldn't make it complicated. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, are you still? Uh, the the frequent flyer of, of old there is one uh, uh so no not uh, I, I think i think i've cut down significantly on my on my travel um and uh, and actually i've switched allegiances i'm here to announce um 
the uh, I was a long time ten year American Airlines or U.S. Airways person, and uh, as soon as American Airlines gobbled them up, um, I noticed the service go down precipitously. I think Dave, you noticed the same thing, and um, uh, and uh, and my office, kind of like my home office, uh, moved to Boston, um, and there's only one Boston flight now, and that is on JetBlue. Uh, so poor me, right? Um, yeah. JetBlue is actually not a better line at all. So. No. Um, uh, so yeah, no, now I'm uh, now I'm basically a JetBlue person, and then I use uh, Southwest to fill in the gaps. Mm, okay. Yeah. yeah no, we. Uh, I, I've been on American now, and I saw the exact same uh, downturn in quality. And uh, but surprisingly, over the past six months or so, American is actually they're saying yes to me a lot more. Uh, huh. Yeah, and being nice and and not being angry. Um, I, you know, across the board, whether it's like a counter person or uh, a gate agent, and uh, I think we talked about this. Like whenever I, um, it's and maybe this is an Akron specific thing, but whenever I land in Akron and the plane door opens and I'm walking off, the the gate agent is standing at the end of the jetway telling everybody, "Welcome to Akron." Hmm. You know, and to me, it's like, "Welcome home." Yeah, and oh, it's that like nice. that's great. Instead of like you know. I'm, I'm mad that you're even here and uh, I want to go home or something. So, but anyhow, um, if it's, if you want another reason to not move to, uh, move back to American is that they're switching their rewards program based upon ticket price. And not uh, uh, it's the worst, but for me, I mean, I looked at it and I did the math and I may actually come out ahead uh, because my flights are just, you know, Akron to DC, Akron to DC to DC to Boston, so it, I may come out ahead. I don't know. Yeah, interesting. I, I wonder so, somewhere someone has written uh, someone has written a research paper on this because uh, yeah. it seems like it, this is a discrete math problem. This is like a yeah. um, solving the solving the airlines rewards optimization problem. Um, yeah. it, it seems like there's a discrete math nerd out there who's who's like whole job is fixing that and and they're oh, really excited by this right it's an economist it's a it's, this is an economist phd thesis yeah 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 that's yeah. right that's right mm-hmm. so much fun so much fun yeah. um well so but you think you're going to break even on the change i think so and it's like i'm to the point anymore it's like fine whatever mm-hmm. you know it's like uh, i don't know I, and i hear they're going to be adding another i heard from somebody else they're adding another tier um between you know, like you know how you used to have like silver, gold, and platinum, yes, and then now they have it like gold and platinum and executive platinum. They're going to be adding another tier, like between the first and second rungs, um, which I don't know if that's good or bad either. Because it like it used to be like for me, it's like I had to fly like sixty segments to get that middle tier, and then to, to go to the top tier, I had to do one hundred twenty segments. And I'm like, no, it's like right. once I hit sixty, I'm like leasing off the throttle for the rest of the year instead of like looking for opportunities to travel. Yeah. 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 And I think about 120 segments a year means that you are in the air like half of the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not interested. Not, not interested. interested. In that. No, that's not interesting. Yep. All right. Uh, well, Dave, you should report back and, uh, and, and see if your hypothesis is correct in uh in six months time. See if you can, uh, yeah. so, are you platinum now or are you gold? You're, Gold. Uh, gold, which they call platinum now. Right, right. That's right. It's a middle tier. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. All right, great. Yeah. yeah, speaking of people that don't care, um, the, the, have you noticed <laughs> the rash of CEOs that have had their uh, uh, 
accounts hacked? I have. I have noticed this. Yeah, yeah. Like so, and this is probably old news to a lot of people. But it seems like every week there's it's the same group that I guess they're the big problem that they're running into is if people are reusing passwords uh, mm-hmm. on sites is is the trend. So we saw that happen with Mark Zuckerberg with his Twitter account and Pinterest account when and his password was da da da. Um, <laughs> okay, and then there's. Uh, the Yahoo and Twitter CEOs had their Twitter accounts compromised. You think you're the you're the CEO of Twitter? Yes, yes. You don't want. The, I mean, would you want? To me, in my my head, it's like Jim Whitehurst having his RHN account exposed. <laughs> right, right. It, it, it is pretty embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, 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 Google CEO, his uh, Quora account has been hacked as well. And it was all. And it wasn't. Uh, it was just basically reusing passwords. It's so simple. So, th- so there's two ways of fixing this, right, Dave? There's uh, there's using a password manager so that yeah. it's easy to use a new password for every service. Everybody should know about that by now. Um, but then the second thing is, and please, 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 everybody do this, turn on two-factor authentication. Yes. 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 And um, But what's funny, and I, I, I forget if you saw this or I saw this. Uh, no, I saw this one, uh, and you saw the next one here. So uh, there was one where... It's uh, so one of the things with two-factor authentication is you could use like the Google Authenticator app, which is cool because it's totally disconnected from the network. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll just uh, generate numbers and you plug those numbers in. Um, but there's another way where not everybody does this. I think LinkedIn and Twitter, um, their two-factor authentication, and, and many others, it's SMS based, right? And we all know that SMS is. Not a secure protocol, right? It's, yep. it's basically the telnet of, of uh, <laughs> you know, of, of the telephone system, right? You know, <laughs> so nothing's encrypted, nothing's authenticated, um, and so it wound up that there was one guy that uh, th- this guy went pretty far to attack this person. Um, it's they this uh, the attacker called Verizon and said, "Hey, uh, I'm this other person. Uh, we need to change my SIM," um, and so. Verizon gave him uh, like basically got uh, uh, so he basically got a new SIM account uh, SIM card associated with the guy's phone, um, and then that allowed him to receive all the SMSs uh, for two-factor authentication. Right. In addition to all the SMSs that were going to him, not that were not two-factor notices, like like texts from friends and stuff would actually go to the to this new phone. Basically, yes. he had he had completely hijacked the guy's text messages and phone exactly. calls for that matter. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then um, so it's like, like to me, it's like, oh, I don't like that. I don't. If I can help it, I won't use uh, SMS. But there's sometimes it's like it's it's a half a loaf is better than none. Mm-hmm. And then you saw this um, with the uh, uh, with even like Google Authenticator, uh, somebody had was doing a phishing attempt. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So it would. Uh, so basically, you would get a text message, and it would say. Hey, we see that there's a problem with your uh, with your two factor. Um, please log into this website and uh, pr- and provide your two factor code. Um, and of course, going responding to the text message or going back to the uh, to the sender uh, with your code would reveal the code to the sender and reveal your uh, reveal your information. Um, so, in other words, uh, taking the two factor uh, system and turning it on itself uh, is very clever. Um, and the answer to this, right, uh, uh, the way to defend yourself is um, if you get 
unsolicited requests for any kind of information uh, from a service that you care about, uh, chances are pretty good that it's that it's fake, right? Um, uh, if uh, if you need to go interact with Google, go interact with Google. Don't wait for some text message from some rando uh, before you start revealing your your personal information. Yeah, and you would think, oh, it's just a uh, six digits. What what could possibly go wrong? But yeah, that could be bad. Yep. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So so password managers, right? Um, I've been using one password for a while, and I'm 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 quite happy with it. Uh, I'm very happy with it. Uh, we've talked about this at, at length before. Uh, but Dave, what are you using? The, I'm a LastPass man. That's right. That's right. You're a LastPass guy. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Robin Price turned me on to that because you can't beat it because it has a uh, you know Linux plugin and I, Chrome uh, for the Chromebook and on the Android. So it it covers my bases everywhere. Uh, but it's funny. I'll I'll see people talking about. It's like no, I, I'm not going to trust the man. You know, I'm not going to give my password to some corporation um, it, because you know who knows they can get a, a security letter and um, have to take all the passwords and everything. And it's like okay, it's like I'm not doing anything nefarious, but whatever. Um, if people want to do that, that's fine. And and then there's an open source implementation of a password vault. Uh, it's called KeePass, mm-hmm. and uh, I think a lot of the open source purists prefer that. Um, but what's interesting with that is that uh, there's a, an issue with KeePass that it's not a problem with the software per se, but how the software is served up. Oh, how do you mean? Yeah. So, like, uh, like the, I see this mostly on, like, uh, Windows applications and probably on the Mac where you don't necessarily have one updater. Like, like we have Yum and then all the repos that you could point to with RHEL, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas with Windows, you you are doing Adobe, and then there's an Adobe updater, and it's you run Flash, and then you know it's checking for updates, and then you run uh, iTunes, and then iTunes is checking for updates. Right? That's the way KeePass works, and KeePass will reach out to uh, the KeePass mothership to find out if a, if an update is available uh, to update to the new version. Winds up that that uh, that check that KeePass does is not HTTPS. Oh, that's nasty. Yeah, and the guy that uh, the the KeePass people that wrote it are like they're saying that they have no intention to um, make it. Uh, the, you know, it's like we can't do it. Which I'm throwing the BS flag. And then the second thing is that it, you know, and and at least for the the near term or whatever. So like the KeePass website is all. I, I guess it's not encrypted. Like um, you know, so that's bad. And then, uh, you know, so from an authentication standpoint, if you're getting your password vault from someplace, you probably want to verify the, the uh, provenance of, of where the password vault is coming from. Otherwise, you're getting, like, maybe a security-enhanced uh, version of, of your vault. <laughs> and um, so it'll go out unencrypted and look for an update. Um, and it, it doesn't do that. And But the, the KeePass people respond, and they, they said that, okay, well – it's we don't do that, and, and it's like really it. Does, they say it doesn't matter um, because uh, it like whenever it'll check for an update. But if you want to get the update, you actually like don't download it from the KeePass website. You go from to from one of all these mirrors like SourceForge or something like that to pull it down. And so the KeePass people have no control over the remote mirrors where it's it's hosted. And so they're just like kind of shrugging their shoulders saying that it's like, oh, that's fine. And what they did say is that, well, and for real, you know, it's like if people really care about this, 
the KeyPass people, they cryptographically sign uh, the, bin- the, the executables and DLLs uh, with uh, like Authenticode with Microsoft. And so all you really need to do is you know, open up Windows Explorer, right-click the file, click the Properties tab, look at the Digital Signature uh, tab, and, um, and the expected signer name is open source developer uh, Dominic uh, Rachel. And I'm just thinking, you know, like, how can I explain this to my parents? <laughs> That's right. That's right. You know, like, I wouldn't even do this. Right. <laughs> but to, to, you know, it's like, you know, it's so hard to get people to even use, like, a password manager or not reuse the same passwords over and over again. And then to tell them to, like, go and, and check uh, cryptographic signatures, it's, it's like, crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's, well, I'll tell you what that is, Dave. That's not a good user experience. That's what that is. Right. Yeah, right. Hoy. that's bad. That's yeah. bad. And 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 I frankly a surprise. I mean, given that I mean, I'm, I'm imagining the kind of an open source developer who's going to go build a password manager. Um, mm-hmm. I would expect them to be kind of all over this. Right. Right. The just yeah. Unless it's like the open source developer that is like they care more about a particular itch that they're trying to scratch as opposed to user experience. And it's like, well, obviously everybody checks the digital signatures of the executables every morning, every morning. First thing I do in the morning is check the signatures on all all my files. Yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Weird. All right. Well, that's a little bit too bad, but, um, so, but you're, but you're, but you're, you're fine with, you're fine with LastPass still, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm very happy with it. Um, I don't know about, uh, one password, but uh, we do like with LastPass. It could actually it'll tell you if like oh you uh, LinkedIn had a breach and your mm-hmm. password hasn't been updated since the breach was announced. Would you like to update it? And you click yes, and it'll almost do like a a scripting attack on LinkedIn to go in and like JavaScript. It'll it'll like robotically go in and change your password and generate a new password for you. Oh, that's clever. That's very clever. Yeah, I like that. Um... Yeah, no, uh, one password has something really similar. It's called the Watchtower, which sounds awesome. Um, sounds like hundreds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I think of every time I click on the thing. So the Watchtower will uh, it will it will tell you about breaches and warn you that you have to change you know these passwords since you last uh, since you last changed it. And also it will um, uh, it'll do a little audit for you and say like, hey, these are all the passwords that are weak uh, in your database, and yeah. also. Um, uh, these are the passwords that are three months old, six months old, twelve months yeah. old, that kind of thing. Um, so it just it has totally changed my password game. Completely yeah. changed my password game. Yeah, link. Uh, uh, yeah, LastPass does that too, where it will look for password aging, and you can just click, 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 and say, "Go ahead, update," and boom, yeah. it'll go. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, I got a new term for our lexicon. I'm ready. Uh, typo squatting. Hmm. That sounds. Uh, uh, it sounds unseemly, actually, typo squatting. Uh, what, 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 what is that? <laughs> yeah, so it's horrifying um, and fun. Um, so there's uh, a German university student. Uh, he, I guess he was working on his uh, uh, research uh, for uh, his bachelor thesis. And he, um, like, you know how, like, you go, uh, you know, you're, you're writing uh, Python or Ruby or, or Node, and there's so many... Uh, public modules that are out there that are available, right? Mm-hmm. That just make your life so much easier, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, you know, we all hope to trust that those uh, packages haven't been molested by somebody, and you know, it enhanced from a security standpoint. Um, and and you know, there's a lot of trust going on there. Um, 
and and pe- you hope that people are watching it. Uh, but what this guy did was if he did not attack those uh, those particular modules, what he did was he came up with security uh, security enhanced versions of those modules, but slightly misspelled the uh, uh, the module names. Aha! Yes, very clever. Right. So yeah. somebody would pull in the module and then accidentally spell it wrong. And then they're pulling down his uh, security enhanced version, and then he was able to get all kind of metrics back of, of who's using it. And he found that uh, over a span of several months, uh, his imposter code was executed more than 45,000 times on more than 17,000 domains. Um, and uh, a lot of the domains ended in .mil. Um, there were 23 .gov domains. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, good for. I hope he gets his uh, thesis approved. I, I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty clever. I, so the uh, uh, this, this was actually part of my talk at Summit, um, which is uh, now that uh, developing software. I guess it's always been like this, really, but um, it, it's it's especially true now with with tools like Gems and and, and Node and things like that. Is um, your when you're developing code, it's as much about pulling in other people's packages as it is writing your own packages, right? <laughs> um, and to date, we've been actually surprisingly lucky uh, with people willing to attack those upstream packages. Um, but as you can see here, people are figuring out, oh, this is actually a huge threat um, where people are uh, willy-nilly downloading packages for, of unknown provenance. Um, yep. And, run and so the way that people mitigate that today is either they are super diligent about what they're downloading, which almost never happens, or they ask someone else to kind of curate their experience for them. Yep. Um, and so, uh, uh, and so the best example of this actually is RHEL, right? Is yes. Red Hat Enterprise Linux. So one of the reasons why we have 8,000 packages or whatever it is inside uh, Red Hat Enterprise Linux is because people keep asking us, to include more and more packages in the system because they trust us to curate that content. Yep. Um, anyway, it's kind of, kind of it's you know as I've been doing this job for the last year, um, I'm realizing more and more that uh, that is actually a, a kind of a top tier feature of an operating system is providing a curated, controlled, uh, security vetted pool of content on which people can build an application. Yeah, yeah, and and so like in the case of RHEL, somebody doesn't. Accidentally and uh, yum install something spelled wrong. It's yeah. it, you're going to get a, a package not found as yeah. opposed to yeah sure I'll install it. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. very interesting. But uh, yeah um, another fun thing I saw um, so uh, the Ansible fans out there that that I got a I found a, a man after uh, uh, Ansible users hearts here <laughs> is it uh, a coder got fired. Um, after six years of automating his job. <laughs> That's great. Yep. That's great. Yeah. So so basically he was working for this company for seven years. Mm-hmm. And um, six of those years, well, basically eight months into the seven years, he basically automated everything. I don't know if he uh, used Ansible, but he automated everything. And uh, for the next, uh, you know, uh, the remaining six years, he just uh, – um, you know, uh, browse forms and, and, uh, didn't do a whole lot of work. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Now, um, I, I, I see in the article here that, uh, he, he posted that and then was, uh, fired shortly thereafter. Right. Um, and, uh, but I wonder, uh, what about his boss? 
Because that sounds like his boss probably should have also been fired, right? Yeah, <laughs> or was automated. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Oh boy, I wish, I wish, from your mouth yeah. to God's ears, if only our jobs could be automated. Yeah. Only. Well, I wonder if this guy would be a good sales engineer. You know, yeah. for for us, you know, like I, we are hiring, right? <laughs> that's right. So if he can go around to customers and, and uh, you know, really uh, preach the gospel of automation. Um, <laughs> Let me tell you a little story. <laughs> gather around, children. Um, yeah, yeah. And then, um, so that's that's a bad, I guess, example of automation. Maybe, I guess. Um, but then there's a, a, another one that I saw about uh, robot lawyers. Um, oh, I love so, this. I love this. Yes. Yeah. So it's. Uh, do you do? Uh, you don't do Facebook at all, but it's. It's like everybody's putting robots in in chat now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are, right. are you in on that? Um, I'm aware that people are doing it. Uh, I, 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 I. But I'm not really. Well, I mean, Slack. I guess I've seen uh, people doing more and more chatbots. Uh, but uh, but I, I'm aware of it as a thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. I guess uh, this uh, 19-year-old British student at uh, Stanford University created a chatbot uh, called donotpay.co.uk um, that allows you to challenge parking tickets in uh, London and New York City, and he's going to be adding more cities. So you, you go into you go to that website, and, and it's just basically, hi. It's, it's like, you remember Eliza from back in the day? Yeah, of course, yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like that, but instead of being a therapist, it's a parking ticket lawyer. Um, <laughs> And and it would be like oh well and it's basically it's a it's an expert system that says oh well tell me about your ticket what time of day was it what was this and what was that and you know and and it would be like and it would generate a letter and you uh, and then that letter you could submit and uh, he's getting like a, um, a, a, a let's see 160,000 parking tickets have been challenged so far with a, a low 60 percent success rate that's great. That's great, and, and I and I like I very much like the symmetry of this. Where uh, since municipalities have automated the issuing of the tickets with the speed yes. cameras and stuff like this, well, that's fine. We'll just automate uh, the uh, uh, we'll just automate the the uh, the defense process, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's like there's a very nice balance there. Um, eventually, we won't have to have any people involved at all, um, and we can actually embed uh, all the sensors we need inside the car and the car will see that the speeding camera issued you a ticket and then will automatically appeal it and the whole thing will be over in, ten, in, in, in a second and, uh, and nobody will have to be involved at all. That'd be great. Yes, or we have no humans to be driven around anymore. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. and then, then what do the robots do? Uh, <laughs> well, I think there have been plenty of movies about what the robots do. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Speaking of science fiction, um, mm-hmm. at the end of this month, we got uh, Devnation Federal. Oh, uh, yeah, so that, that's right. Yeah, so for a lot of our government customers that couldn't make it to Devnation in San Francisco in the beginning of July, we're basically taking the best of. And, um, uh, like, we're having some really far-out talks uh, from – we have, uh, obviously, Google coming in, talking about the Kubernetes with us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we got Netflix coming. Nice. Oh, that's great. Yeah, talking about DevOps. And uh, – so we got that. We got Microsoft. We're going to be talking with. So I'll be there, and um, I think at the luncheon we'll have like little breakout tables based upon um, uh, like technology areas. So we'll have like a DevOps security one where Sean Wells will be hosting that table, and I'll be one on uh, open source strategy. Uh, so 
lot of fun. Uh, so everybody should check that out, devnationfederal.org, and we have a link to the show notes in that. Awesome. What a great idea. That's great. But, uh, yeah, the last thing I had was, have you, uh, when was the last time you were in a Sears? Oh, last time I was in a Sears, actually, the last time I was in a Sears is uh, I had a tire blowout and uh, needed to buy some new tires. So I went to the uh, Sears Auto Center. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, uh, what what brand did you uh, go with? Oh, Die Hard, of course. Die Hard. Yeah. 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 So, so you see that in the show notes. I mean, like, is it me or would, like, to me, if, so the whole thing here is it, uh, Sears is expanding their um, tire uh, or their diehard brand by going into the tire business. <laughs> yeah. So you know, so the same way that you could go to Sears and get a battery that's the diehard battery, um, you can get to their diehard tires. So the the thing about it for me is that if like when I I'm not like a super brand conscious kind of person, but mm-hmm. if I go to buy tires that I want to put on my wife's car that, that my daughter's going to drive the car, I'm, I'm going to drive the car, my wife's going to drive the car. Um, would you buy tires that would have uh, the words like die or hard or die <laughs> in them? That's right. That's right. Yeah. I, I, although I – yeah. <clears throat> like do these marketing people, are they like – is English their primary language? It, you know? <laughs> It's like really, you know, like I've seen this before where like people like the Chevy Nova, but I'm sure you heard this story, right? The Chevy mm-hmm. Nova. The where, Chevy Nova you know, Mexico, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nova means does not go. Um, <laughs> and so that, that was like a marketing uh, thing there. But it's like, why would I buy tires with, with called Die Hard? <laughs> That's great. Also, well, Sears also has an, a couple other house brands, right? Um like a, yeah. I think, a, like Kenmore is their their home uh, the kitchen. Their appliance. Yeah, the kitchen yeah, stuff. Kitchen appliances. Now, now they're doing. Uh, they're extending that to TV. So you go in your living room and you have a, a Kenmore TV. Wow. I see. I thought that Sears was having a hard time, but apparently, if they're looking at this brand expansion, they must be things must be looking up for Sears, huh? I don't know. I think there's. I, I don't know. I, I've been reading stuff that they've been struggling, and they're. Have, have you seen this too? Where they are, they have so much property all over the place that they're turning. They're like closing Sears stores and turning them into data centers and running them out as like Colo. Yeah, I heard about that. I heard about that. Amazing. Was it? Well, I'm looking forward to the uh, to the Sears Cloud. Um, I think that's uh, that Sears Sears uh, Sears Cloud data centers. Um, maybe tough maybe skins. Sears could use we'll it. Call it tough yeah, skins. You... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and that, and I you know it's it is amazing to see how. You know, businesses have changed. That you know, you go back a hundred years ago, people were looking at the Sears catalog like it was uh, Amazon, right? It's yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, I, could, yeah, right. I could buy a house from the Sears catalog, and and it could show up, and I could uh, you know put it all together, and it's the greatest thing in the world. And it's one of those uh, you know adapt or die sort of things, uh, or die hard uh, things that that you got to <laughs> keep up with the times, I guess, or or get left behind. It is amazing to think about the parallels between. There's no reason why Sears couldn't be Amazon right now, right? right. Um, because they already had like locked that business model up, you know, a hundred years ago, um, right. and it just uh, they didn't move fast enough, I guess. Well, yeah, or you you hope that it, that Amazon goes away and it doesn't take right. off, so it's yeah. like we'll, we'll ignore it, and uh, and then by then it's like too late. And yes. even I see the same thing with Walmart too. It's like I remember like. Walmart was taking out Sears and Kmart and everything, and and now Amazon's given Walmart a run for its money. 
Yep. 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 That's the price of being the leaders. Eternal vigilance. Eternal yep. vigilance. All right. Yep. Uh, well, Dave, I guess that's uh, that's all we got. Yeah. Yeah. So, Gunner, if, if people need, like, and they got to take a look at the cutting room floor because we have all kind of fun things on here um, with, uh, uh, boy, it, like, stuff like the one thing about the knitting catalog that's in there that it is, it's horrifying um, that the number of sweaters you could make. Um, <laughs> but people should check that out. But where, where should they go to, to look at that? Oh, they should, get, they should definitely go check out the uh, 52-inch webcam backgrounds uh, mm-hmm. for sale. And uh, those are at uh, dgshow.org. Uh, yep. D as in Dave, G as in Gunner, show.org. All right. Okay. Well, thanks, Gunner. This is a, a nice Dave and Gunner episode. So this is, this is great. Yeah. Long time coming. Long time coming. All right. Thanks, everyone. Okay. Bye.